Hey, what's up to the point listeners? Guess what is coming up on February 10th, 2022? Rhino X. The second time we've had the event. The most exclusive home services event of the year. Our keynote speakers are industry legends. There's five of them. Mr. Ken Goodrich, CEO of Gettle. Mr. Ken Haynes, CEO of Wrench Group. Leland Smith from Service Champions. Those three are coming back, but we have a couple additions. Mr. Dave Geiger, the beast from the Northeast, is coming in from Horizon. Um, And also Mr. Terry Nicholson from Praxis S10. It is going to be a lineup like no other. The best of the best in the same room. Now stay tuned because we're only allowing 50 guests at this event and registration will open out sometime in the middle of this month. So you've got to pay attention to the page. But we're also going to have two headline speakers to be announced later. One during the day, one during the night. Now enjoy this podcast with my man Ken Goodrich, part four of the seven centers of management attention. Enjoy. This is To The Point. A Rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what is up to the point listeners? It is your boy, Chris Yano, the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast, along with my man, Mr. Tall Paul, who's rocking the mustache today. My co-host, how you doing, bro? I'm doing well. I got to admit, man, this mustache is, it's about three or four days old, and I don't know if it will make it the full 30 days, but I'm going to do my darndest to raise awareness for men's health, which coincides with our guest today, Ken, who's my partner in crime and getting people to get moving, get HVAC guys moving and losing weight and getting healthy. So it's a big month. I must ask you a question. See what I did there? Uh, see see did there? Yeah. Good. How, how's, how's it look, by the way, the mustache? Awful. Hey, let me yeah. throw the, the whole, like, like I have been a proud, uh, clean shaven guy all my life. Now I got this old man beard been rocking on. the beard and I, you know, I'm uncomfortable with it, but you know, my wife you know, likes it. Yeah. So you keep she's, it. She's got new man, George Clooney ish, I guess I mean, she, what she says, yeah. what she says, <laughs> but anyway, I, I feel kind of dirty with it. I feel dirty <laughs> me with, too. with, with a beard. How do you feel with your mustache? Well, he for sure well, has to feel dirty. I'm the thing I'm struggling with the most is that my wife, who seems to be up until this point a pretty sensible person with good taste, she <laughs> likes it, and that part is weird for me. I'm like, what happened to you in your childhood that you like the like someone who with this dirty mustache on their face? Like, get out of here, go get some therapy. <laughs> well, Come I respect on. your decision for. Growing the mustache and keeping it. Thank so you. I cannot wait to see what this thing looks like as we go through the month of November. It it's going to be good. probably going to look a lot like it does now. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll just keep mine just for the sake of November. So that's yeah. your excuse. Just, actually, just to, yours actually looks good. Um, yeah. That Paul's mustache does not look good. Sorry, uh, no. Corey, but Paul, listen. Yeah. yeah it's going to be brutal. Anyhow, it's, it's going to be Danny Tanner with a mustache. That's what right. going to look like. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and get into it now. So listen, we got my man, Ken Goodrich, back on the episode today. CEO of Gettle. Also author of the EMIT HVAC contractor. Um, And he is back for part four, the final part, the final series of our seven centers of management attention. We've been anxiously awaiting to get you in here to get this thing done. 
So even though it is uh, November 3rd, uh, and we're just now recording this, we're posting it next week. So if you missed the first three, uh, part one was episode number 81 on leadership and management. Uh, Part two was episode number 85 on money and marketing. And part three was episode number 89 on lead generation and lead conversion, which we did live at Service World Expo, TP. That was fun. Good times. So this is part four, and that is client fulfillment. You ready to get into part four? On client fulfillment, I heard that's a pretty important part of all this. It, it's it's a big part. Let me, but let me say one last thing on the other deal. Right, Thank you. Right, right. I wasn't done I, yet. Yeah, I, we're not going there yet. I haven't I haven't decided yet what the new plan is, but I always try to beat the last plan. So it's got to be at least nine hundred nine nine nine. You know, <laughs> a triple nine, right? Days, right? And then the next deal's got to include a B, right? Ah. Basketball. Uh, that's the bar. That's the bar. So wh- before we jump into the last center of management intention, what does the ghettoization of North America look like from here on out? And is it just North America? I haven't thought really that much further. <laughs> I thought, you know, is it kind of, you know, I try to put really big goals out there and figure like, well, if I get halfway there, I'm pretty, doing pretty good. That's how I do it. But, uh, uh, right, so we have a plan. Our, our initial plan is we want to, you know, cover the Sun Belt. Right, um, it's a lot easier to do business, air conditioning business where it's hot. I'd recommend everybody consider that. <laughs> well, hot, cold, humid, right? But uh, so we want to carry that Sun Belt out first, um, and then I don't know from there. Right now, my mission is coast to coast, fill in all the major markets on the bottom of the U.S. You know, all the way up through Florida. I don't know about the other parts of the world. Those are foreign countries to me because I'm out here in, in the, you know, where the the desert. I'm out here where the uh, enlightened people live. Hey, shout out <laughs> to all my northern market, ninety percent gas furnace people. I see you. I know how important you are. And I know how good and profitable that business is. So, don't let uh, don't let those Sunbelt references scare you. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I don't know. So I, I could be missing the whole mark here, but, you know, I do what I do. You know, Australia has a lot of similarities in some of the, some areas. I'm just throwing it out there. And we're Put back. it out there. Just put it out there. <laughs> okay, hey, can I move forward now, gentlemen? Yes, congratulations, Ken. We're cheering for you. Thank yep. you. Appreciate yep. it. Excited. Um, and it's cool if you want to extend me some sort of, like, offer, you know, be a part of that. I really appreciate that. <clears throat> just throwing it out there uh, on the air. Um, no. Okay. All right, your That's silence is very reassuring. <laughs> okay. Part four. We're good. Hey, listen, I got, oh boy. <laughs> I got to buy myself a better class of friends. Then, if that's <laughs> what it takes. You had more fun than you've had in a long time last night. That is you? true. That is Thank true. You. Exactly. I could tell. Okay. Part four, seven centers of management attention, client fulfillment. AG, what does client fulfillment even actually mean? So uh, this is yeah, like the simple question. You know, it's a broad term that Michael Gerber created when he wrote the book, The E-Myth, but it's really about delivering what you promised the customer, right? The work, delivering the work, fulfill the contract, fulfill the obligation. And so for, for what we do, for the work that we do, it's install the system, do the repair, uh, put in the ducts, put in the water heater. You know, it's doing the work. Question for you. Would you say that, like, even just as simple as the CSR answering the phone, B 
be considered okay. client fulfillment? Because think about it, if if a customer is calling in and trying to do business, that person's answering the phone, they're still trying to fulfill their job of trying to get that customer in and booked. Would you put that into it or are you just talking like the technical side of it? No, I mean, I think that's part of it. And you tie all these systems together. You know, I kind of look at our customer experience people, uh, our CSRs as a lead gen, you know. Got it. But once once the job is has been booked, then the CSRs kind of flip into the uh, client fulfillment side of it. And so when you look at your systems, there's going to be positions that are involved in various systems, not just their one type. You follow me? Yeah. Yeah. So that's for, what for instance, accounting is involved in every system. Yep. Yeah. So I, t- I was just trying to figure out, like, for my sake and for the listener's sake, on um, where does that where does that start? Where does, in your opinion, where does client fulfillment start in the process? And it sounds like it starts at once it's booked. Once it's sold, once uh, it's converted to a sale. Got it. That's so, when client fulfillment. So we're past booked, yeah. we're in the home, it's sold, client fulfillment starts. Because you're incredibly vulnerable at that moment as well, right? The customer has heard the message, they've heard the story, they've invited you into their home. Who you send in and how they install something affects your brand in a very big way. So is client fulfillment the most important of the seven centers or where does it rank among the other functional areas? So uh, I don't know that it's necessarily the most important, but it is very, very important uh, because it's what the customer receives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can't deliver that without the other pieces and parts of it. So I don't want to diminish the other pieces and parts, but uh, it's it's the delivering of the work, the product that the customer receives, right? And so, you know, the evolution of most, like I, I came from the HVAC side. When I first started in business, I fancied myself as an expert technician, probably what I see most other guys do. The smaller guys, they're really into the work, right? They're really into the quality of the work, their particular unique ways they do things to put their their stamp on it. They're very into that, right? And that gets them a little lift, right? That gets them some repeat business and referrals and that, that gets the ball rolling. Well, as they get a little bit bigger, they start to dilute those efforts by hiring other people and saying, go do the work and do it like I wanted you to do it but there might not be a system to do that. So as they continue to grow, their work product begins to decline. Their, you know, their unique offering begins to get watered down by the, by the lack of skill training and uh, you know, direction to their people. You follow me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think that I look at client fulfillment in a couple different ways, but one being uh, probably more specifically with, newer companies who are relying heavily on uh, word of mouth referral business, I would say client fulfillment is uh, the last thing that they leave an impression on, on that customer to want to give them more referral, you know, business or to, you know, to send them. So to me, it seems like, I know this is almost like the chicken in the egg, like the chicken in the egg analogy, but um, you got to get that right to get a referral. But, the whole first part of the seven centers is you got to get the opportunity to even get it right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like, it makes me think of like the chicken and the egg, but at the end of the day, 
to protect your brand, which we know is one of the most important things in having your business be extremely successful is having solid brand equity. You got to do exactly what you say you're going to do and you got to make the customer feel good about it. Yeah. And think of, think of it like this. You got seven, seven centers of management attention. Six of them all support client fulfillment. That's their job is to support the cut, what you deliver to the customer profitably. Right. Mm -hmm. So you were just talking about, um, like technicians and trying to you know teach them your way. Obviously, all that stuff starts to involve where you're you're not specifically teaching somebody how to do it your way. I'm talking about you specifically, but as your business grows, you put a process in place for technician training and things like that. But you don't just hire, um, you don't just hire like the best guys and let them do what they do, or do you hire the best guys and let them do what they do with a little direction on how to ghettoize the process like how does that work do you just you, you go after the top talent and letting them do their thing or or just trying to bring in and does that change as you continue to as the business continues to grow like what's the process there well i've done every stupid fucking thing you can do in <laughs> business so yes i've done that yeah i have yeah i did that okay so what's the best ken's a little ken's a little spicier <laughs> after this deal went down you notice that Chris? Yeah. i saw it last night that's why i'm saying uh okay so yeah, I guess when you so you get started out, you get in business, you're that you're that you're the salesman, you're the installer, then you're the supervisor, and you're watching all the work, right? And you're making sure it's going in perfect. It's your personal brand, you're connected, you got a relationship with the customer, it's perfect. Then as you continue to grow, that gets watered down some. So how do you duplicate yourself? So if I was starting out again, I would have understood this and I would have said, okay. I'm going to start installing systems, maybe with me and my helper, uh, me and my right-hand guy, and we're going to start deciding what our brand, how our brand's going to do it. How do we execute it from the time we pull up in the front of the house? You know, which door do we go to first? What do we pull out first? Where do we put it? What do we do? And start to to document that and improving that process and t- until you get it down, until and even to to the point you start timing it. And what is the best way? Do I start in the outside unit? Do I start in the inside unit? Do I do this? Do I do that? Or you do this first, I do that. Uh, you know, you do this first, I'll go outside and do that. You, you follow what I'm saying? So, you know, get the system down. This is our system for installing and to the level that you can get it to to the highest degree of detail and be able to train that is, is uh, the degree of success that you'll have. And so... I'd start out and I'd put my system together. Even it was, even it was just checklists, right? Um, another thing that I recommend sometimes is if you just started out in business, the first thing you should do is go. If you're in air conditioning, for instance, go build some systems in a warehouse your way. Put your checklist together, and nobody goes to a job ever until they're trained to do it your way. Same with water heaters or whatever else that you're doing, so that when you sell something. You have a very, very high degree of confidence that what you promise the customer is going to get delivered. There's not going to be any challenge in the future. They're going to be happy. They're going to refer you. They're going to be long-term customers and, uh, you know, perpetuate the machine. There's nothing worse than having a Class C installation going on in air conditioning, for instance, and go back and back and back and and having to spin your wheels. So that's what you're trying to do. And, and think of it like I, I use McDonald's as analogy a lot uh, because they're so specific, right? 
it's not a custom restaurant. Right. And, you know, if you, if you go to apply, I'm assuming I've never applied to McDonald's. Hope I, I hope I never have I think to you're probably safe here, but Good. yeah, but uh, <laughs> if, you know, if you apply to McDonald's, they don't say, well, you used to work at Ruth Chris. Uh, you're probably a great cook. Come on back here. Right. Like we would do, we'd say, oh, you used That's to work point. at Gettle. Uh, oh, so you must be a great installer. Go install my system. See you later. Get in my van. You know, that's the nonsense that we do rather than, okay, here's our recipe. Here's how we do it. You're going to run this playbook for three days. When you can do it exactly this way, then I'm going to send you out to my customers. And I got to tell you guys, don't miss this spot. Don't miss this. It's such a big you get this out of your way. This is something you do in the very, very beginning of building your business. Get it out of the way. Get it off your back. And then you can focus on duplicating and scaling your business because you know every single time you make a sale, it's going in right. You don't have to worry about that. And the customers are happy. You get the review. You know, you build the, you build the base, the whole thing. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead, Paul. You know, I, I was thinking about this, Ken. You know, anytime someone posts a picture of an installation in any of the groups in Facebook or anywhere on the internet, like people rip it apart, right? So you've mentioned a couple times like your way. Can you give us some examples about what your way looks like that our listeners can maybe be creative and think like, oh, I've never thought of really breaking it down, boiling it down to the number of pickles on the burger. So give us some examples. But while you think of that, I also want you to answer this question or think about it. Is the perfect installation a little bit of art, a little bit of science, more art, more science? What does the perfect Gettle installation look like? Well, it's both art and science. I mean, you know, we, we use all the latest diagnostic tools to make sure that we commission the unit, the system properly, right? And, and, and we're delivering a system that runs at factory specifications. Okay, that's our goal. Uh, you know, I've certainly done it wrong before where we just go put it in and hope for the best. But uh, today we've got it to that level where we commission the system when we're done. It's very important to me, and this is something my dad instilled in me, that it is art. You know, it has to be a piece of art. And so, you know, we're cognizant about things like making sure that the screws that we put in are properly spaced. You know, like a race car. I know you're a race car guy, right? You know, everything looks got to look but it's mechanically sound. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we, we make sure that they mask off where they're going to put some, um, mastic, right. To, to seal for leaks so that the mastic isn't all gooped on. It's nice straight lines, things like that. Everything's level square. All the wires are running straight. Pipes are running, uh, you know, uh, uh, level, um, in our particular case, we build our own rails and pans and everything that the unit sits in. And because we want our proprietary system, think about this, make your own proprietary method of installation and sell that to your customer and show them why that's better. Uh, and I started this back, gosh, in the nineties when there was a software called PageMaker. it came out and I would draw single line drawings of the system and say, this is what our, here, here's all the attributes that our system includes. And here's why we're different. And I could lay that in front of the customer and show them. And it really made a big difference. But then you, you, you make sure that your team is actually going to do that. And by the way, I got to tell you, 
you talk, you all, I hear all this culture talk, culture, culture, culture. Um, and it's a, it's a part of business. You got to have it. But having your own standards and a high level of standards on how you do things and you're able to point to this to your people is really a culture builder. Right. We're better. And here's why. We, we do these things. Nobody else does. One of the things that we do is, you know, we, my dad, when I was a kid, he would say, we'd go to a service call. He would say, uh, okay, we're done. I want you to put all the panels back on and find every hole that there was a screw not in from the last guy and put a screw in, right? And so I always had a box of screws, and and I that's part of my job, right? And so I, I tell our... Uh, I tell our uh, copywriter for a radio and he writes an ad about why we do that at Kettle. And we still do that. And so then I went and had some screws made that had, that were powder coated red. Right. And then we, uh, the guys install those screws, take a picture, show the customer. Now, what a, what a very small gesture for the customer, but huge impact. I mean, the, if the customer knows that you care to the level of putting in a screw and marking it that you did that and sharing it with them, it's a, it's a huge value builder and credibility builder. So really when you install your systems, you have your methodology. This is a, I'm just making up a thing. This is a South coast system. And here's our, here's, here's what our brand looks like installed. You get me? I do. So, um, So if I had to, my wife really, when I say you get me, you follow me, because I, I I feel like sometimes I talk so fast, or I talk a lot, and she doesn't get. It. I go, do you get me? And it really pisses her off, like she thinks I'm acting like she was dumb. No, I don't take it that way. So I just Wait, check are in. You trying, are you trying to you tell me you're talking to me a little, like I'm Wendy? No, but I just want to know. Like I'm thinking, if she thinks that. I just wonder if you could think that. that. I don't. Think I just no. want. To, I'm, actually, are you with me? Like no, no. Actually, it's a good. Do indicator. I need to explain myself? No, you do not. It's actually a good indicator. To let me know you're done. So okay. I can move on. All so, right. so it works out works out really well. Yeah. Transition. <clears throat> Transition. Yeah. So what I wanted to um, ask is to to simplify this. Like you've certainly been had time to build that whole that whole process out and the things you've done. Now, when you're with your uh, quick question before I go on, when you were doing this with your dad when you were a kid, was the this is going to sound silly, but I got a point. Were the screws that you were putting in the same screws that were already in? the system so were they like two different screws or was it like the same so it was uniform like was it do you even remember that the point i'm getting at is like did you just put a screw in regardless that didn't look like the others no well it's going to not look like the others because you can't ever get the same screw as the manufacturer very similar but we had a very distinct screw that was a self-tapping screw it was a little bigger so it would you know fit in the worn out holes things like that so you could tell that that was different but it looked like the right thing to do. Got you it. follow me? Yeah. So I was, I'm just curious because we talked about it being art and science, you know, and you want to look good, but also let that customer know that you want the extra mile by putting in the missing screw. Was there something that like clearly identified it? Like the red screw clearly stands out. And I remember you told me that I think the very first time I met you that you have the red screw. I feel like you brought me one. Maybe, maybe you brought me one for the second podcast. I can't remember. You know, and by the way, I've patented the red screws. You can't use the red screws, but. Uh, <laughs> but orange on the other hand. But customers call us and say, uh, if you find it, you know, it's part of our marketing program. It, it, so I get the red screws if I need one. They ask that question. People ask for the red, 
they ask for a red screen. They yes, but oh here's what. But he, listen, here's here's the essence of this whole thing. They know that you have attention to detail, and they yeah. have a higher they have a higher probability of coming out of this transaction uh, with a great product and happy. Right. Got it. And so that's really what you're trying to relate to the customer. By the way, you know, as you get your process down, think of it like a professional sports team and they are practicing a play over and over and over till they just got it in into their muscle memory and their DNA. You get your team that way and then you start timing them on how fast and efficient they can get a job done perfectly, that kind of stuff. Make it a game, if you will, reward them. Uh, you know, tie the whole thing together. But listen, just going out and growing and saying, I got to hire some installers and putting any, uh, you know, any, any uh, pults in a truck and hoping for the best is a bad plan. <laughs> so don't just find random. And <laughs> SmartAC.com. SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with SmartAC.com. You've got to check it out now. Uh, that's so, what I tell you, that's what most of us do. <laughs> If I'm listening to this and I've got three or four install crews and they're good guys and they've turned over a little bit and we've kind of done everything in house and they kind of do it their own way. It's kind of the wild west. How do you wrangle that in? How do you teach the system and how do you keep people from improvising? Okay. So, uh, when I, so when I bought Gettle 2013, I, um, that's the condition of which I found Had some good installers. They all did a little bit differently. So I brought them together, made them part of the solution in that, Okay, we got to have our own way. I explained all the reasons that I did uh, earlier here, why we have to do it this way. What's the best way? We are the best. We are artists. We are we are scientific artists. To your point, and uh, you know help, they help build the system. So we built the systems up, and then we took pictures of every view. We said, okay, now we're going to go to market, and our quality control at first was you take these. I don't know how many were there. Started with seven pictures. It's gone up to like twenty-five, I think. But you go to these seven pictures. These got to be taken, approved by operations, and before you leave, including you know the pressure, static pressure, all that stuff. And we started there, and and as that went on, and and I got and I was personally involved. I would look at the pictures, and as long as I said, you know, I would tell them, hey go back tomorrow and take your fingerprints off the wall where the thermostat was, you know, got it. Once I got that kind of going and they kind of figured it all out, then I started saying, you know, call them artists or beautiful work. And it would be kind of a, a copy to all email. And, you know, the, the level of pride in the install department just shot through the roof right? they're beaming. Yeah. They became the fighter pilots of our company and, and rightfully so, because they make us all the money, right? right. The guys who install the right. work, right? Yep. And so that's how I got it there. And then I created books of all these pictures with all the explanations. And then I got an app called iAuditor 
And I put those pictures in iAuditor, and then they have to take the pictures on every, you know, the app says, okay, take this picture first, this one second, and gives you example of what it should look like, right? And then, then it puts a report together, management checks it before they leave, and that's how it went. I've evolved to something newer now, but that's, you know, that's how I got going. Interesting. So you're you, welcome, I auditor. Yeah, you're right. You're very welcome for that. <clears throat> Beep, auditor. Beep. Auditor. <laughs> uh, quick question, just about the picture thing, made me think of something else because you're essentially using it for internal, um, to make sure everything is like, well, I guess, to audit it internally. Did you ever take pictures of something and then, or, um, and then show them to the customer to also like share, like, hey, this is what I'm about to work on. This is why. And here, take a look. Do you remember who it was that said that they were using that? Oh, I know who it was. Um, another local guy here in Phoenix would take pictures of stuff and then go out and show, use it as a tool to show the homeowner. But also, um, they did the same thing to try and audit the performance of the technicians too well. But they were using it for both. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they were using it as part of like the sales system to say, hey, Mrs. Jones, look, like this here is what we're going to fix and this is why. So it wasn't just them saying it. It was them showing a picture of it. Yeah, we use we use the tools. Uh, obviously, Service Titan has that feature as well. But yeah, be careful with that because sometimes uh, unscrupulous sales or text guys will use the picture from, you know, the worst system they ever saw. Oh, you know, I see we've what you're we've we, I've seen that before. So you got to tighten that up some. But uh, you know, you got to have some oversight on that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's a very valuable tool. And I got to tell you, when you when you're after a job, you're done with a job. And you send the customer, like iAuditor has a report function. It has all the report. It looks like a nice report. Mm-hmm. You send that to the customer, or even you just send the pictures uh, through Titan, which is a typical routine. Um, we get such high high uh, marks from our customers for doing that. They just feel they just feel like, wow, these guys really went over and above, and I got a great system. It just gives them a level of confidence. Um. Quick question. So I want this for our most, our, for our newest listeners that are maybe just starting to get into business or, or considering getting into business or that are still even just a few, like a year or so in, like really, really new because we have quite a few that listen to this for advice from guys like you to help move their business forward quicker, um, more efficient, um, more process driven. If you had to give the basic like key elements of client of a client fulfillment system. I'm talking like the basics. Um, what would that be? Like the like because well, here's what I envisioned when you said you were out and actually doing it yourself. And like as you're learning things while you're on a site, I envision you flipping your notepad and like literally writing down like lines with like with check boxes. So you kind of had like some sort of a system. I envision that's how you were doing yeah. it early on. Yeah. So the basics of that for those listening, we're just trying to get something in place. At the bare minimum, like what would those key elements be? Um, well, just like you said, so you got uh, the, the barest element is a checklist. Okay. Step one through 76, right? Here's here's how you put an air conditioner here. Here's how you put in a water heater here. Here's and how you do it. It sucks to do, but you got to do it. You have to you do, do it. it. I mean, you know, listen, here's here's what I see in the, the business day. When I first started the business, like the, the trades, it was really about the work and the trade, all the client fulfillment side of everything. It was really about the work. You know, uh, companies were judged on their ability to do the work, not their size, growth, you know, all, you know, 
marketing message, all that stuff. And, and as the business continued to evolve and more business-minded people started getting into it, they started to add the other pieces, the marketing messages and, and growth strategies and things like that. So, but when I started, it was the work was more important and actually more important than I think it is today in, in the hearts and minds of the trade, right? So, but I do believe you got to have both. You have to have a passion for what you're doing, a true passion for the work, the client fulfillment side, what you're delivering to the customer. It has to be unique. It has to be best. I mean, think Apple. I mean, they, they went at this at, as, you know, what is going to be the most attractive, easy to use, most powerful device that we can put in customers' hands that they don't, they don't ever have to understand the back end of what's going on behind it, but it's, it's just a few clicks to just revolutionize their life, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, you got to think of in those terms. I see a lot of companies in our space now that are just going out and, you know, it's all about sales and marketing, sales and marketing, hit sales, 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 and they're, and they're creating a wake of hell you know, behind them right. with poor installations and poor customer service and, yeah. and uh, you know, just messes that will, they're going to hit a wall. You know, you got to have the best product. At the end of the day, you got to have the best product to win. So from a macro level, Ken, as I know you are a chess player and you're thinking big picture, does that play well for your opportunity or your strategy for ghettoizing the country is the wave of and the rise of young sales and marketing gurus who are out there putting equipment in all throughout the country. Is this part of your plan? Does this help you or how does that play into the industry as a whole? So uh, there's lots of reasons why I went and invested in Buck Gettle. The main, one of the key reasons was, is Gettle invented, invented it. They invented the residential air conditioner air conditioner, right? Uh, you know, I didn't know if you know this, but Phoenix, Arizona used to be kind of the Silicon Valley of air conditioning, and it was started by the Gettle brothers. So their technology and their innovations are, you know, kind of what set us all in the course that we're in today. You know, you, people talk about all this sales and marketing stuff that goes on, and you see all this Facebook stuff. I got pictures of, of Gettle trucks in the early 1970s with, I don't know, 27 sales guys with coat, gold coats on and ties with air conditioners that are mounted on their back of their truck. They would pull up to customers' houses, take them out to the front porch, show them the air conditioner. I'm like, these guys invented the whole process, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. So we grabbed onto that, the heritage, right? And so we started marketing the heritage. Our brand is about the heritage, innovation, the quality of work, our client fulfillment systems, our attention to detail. We call ourselves perfectionists, all that stuff. And I will say to answer your question, long way around the horn, but to answer your question, that's been our, that's been our big lift is I think, I think that customers are tired of the hype. They just yeah. want someone that's for real for once. Right. And they don't mind paying for that quality. So that's you start with that. You start with 
I'm going to make this sandwich, and it's going to be a great sandwich, and everybody wants to eat it. It's called a Big Mac, and it's going to have these special things. It's only my way and my special sauce, and I can't tell anybody how I'm going to make it, and blah, blah, blah. And people are going to be lined up just to buy this one thing. Look at it like that, right? Yeah. This is my system, and this is why it's better, and this is why it looks perfect, and, I'm, and, and, and why the customer needs to have mine. And genuinely believe. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. make sure you believe it. And you're make, proud and make, it. Sure, make sure that gets delivered. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, because you do have to champion your own, like, over, like even as you grow with management, you do have to continue to champion whatever your core values are over and over and to make sure everybody's kind of marching to the beat of the same drum. But you got to be proud of your work. I mean, why else we, that's like probably the key ingredient to client fulfillment, right, too, is just making sure that you actually are proud of that job that you're done and yeah. you feel like you actually did a really good job, the best job that you possibly could. By the way, let me, let me throw you how I got to this point. Now, you know, I've done it the other way. I've, I've done it the wrong way. A lot of times I've done it the other way, but when I bought kettle, um, today you do it the right way, not the easy way. Right. So when I bought kettle, uh, my manager said, I want to put a separate warranty department together. Cause we have a lot of warranty calls and uh, I think I need eight guys. I'm like, what are you talking about? Eight guys to do warranty? He goes, well, we have all this warranty work from the past. I go, well, why don't we just go find out what it is and fix it? So we dig into it, and it was just poor installations from the past. They didn't have the system, right? So I went back, and we contacted uh, all installations for the last three years, and... The ones that would allow us, we did an extra quality control inspection, and I reinstalled 640 systems. Wow. I went and sent guys out when I first bought Gettle, take pictures, and I personally selected reinstall this one, reinstall this one, reinstall this one, uh, just to get that wave of of shit off my back, right? That you know, because it's I'm not I can't afford to have eight guys running around fixing the old stuff, right? So we went and made the investment, fix all that stuff, got it off our back, and that's how we created our uh, uh, client fulfillment system, our quality control system, our total installation system. 640? Systems. Systems. Good yeah. God. Yeah. Um, did you wonder what was going on beforehand? <laughs> you had to go yeah. out on 640 systems? Well, Maybe you know that, what? When the guy, when the guy, <laughs> well, here's the guy. When, when the guy, when the guy told me that, uh, when when the, one of the guys that worked there, he said uh, before I bought it, he said that uh, he he was having trouble finding installers. So he he was a motorcycle guy. So he found out that motorcycle mechanics made good installers. I'm like, well, why? Why do they make good installers? Uh, he didn't have a good answer for me. I'm like, well, because there's, you know, there's a blower that goes around, the motorcycle's wheel go around. Like, why is that good? But they weren't good installers. So anyway, <laughs> so it turns out they weren't. It turns out that there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of uh, connection between motorcycles and air conditioners in terms of installing them. <laughs> you debunked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it it cost me over a million bucks. <laughs> or did it? good point <laughs> go ahead tp I, I see that so mustache. let's talk about kind of structure and teaching and coaching and getting everyone on the same 
ship as it relates to installations, client fulfillment. Do you do this through creating a school? Do you have like, where does the schooling element come in? Do you, do you have to have some sort of department like that? Who are the, who are the people you can outsource this stuff to? Can you? Um, all the above, you don't have to have a school. Um, I just think that you need to understand if you're going to be in business, your business is a school for your employees. So you, you know, first up, first and foremost, you got to make sure that either you have in-house or a resource to get them trained on specific things that you need them to do and how you want them to do them. Or, you know, it's just impossible. You put yourself in an impossible situation to try to run a business when you're trying to conduct business with people don't, that don't know what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we, we went out and made the investment to put a school in place. Prior to that, what I did was I went out and found some schools and I, I first just made sure the curriculum they had kind of aligned with mine. So when I, when we hired uh, students from there, the transition with our team would be easier. Uh, uh, then I got to the point where I said, okay, I paid a school to say, okay, we're going to have these extra classes, but I just want you to teach the getaway after they get through this, teach the getaway on these, whatever, nine things, right? Mm-hmm. And we get them out of that and we'd start there and we'd start holding them accountable and the, and the core team would, you know, work through them, work with them through their indoctrination process. So I've done it that way as well. You just, I, there's all kinds of creative ways that you can do this without having to go and create your own school, but you got to have a key focus. Like if I'm going to hire an employee, how am I going to get them trained? How am I going to get them trained my way before I put them in front of my customer and take a risk of losing or upsetting the customer, right? So there's lots of schools in all kinds of topics, you know, from the, from the management side, from the clerical side, from the accounting side, there's all kinds of resources. I don't know if you ever looked at like LinkedIn learning. There's a lot of great stuff there. Uh, Service Nation Alliance, for instance, um, uh, they have lots of videos on management and accounts payable and this and that, that you can get some education, just something to make sure that you're doing some sort of, you know, training and make sure everyone's heading the right direction. And I'll say this, for installation of air conditioning, ACA has the most comprehensive installation of air conditioning system there is out there. It's beautiful. It's great. If you just did that, you'd be the best in your market. Go get it and just start using it, and you're done, right? Uh, PHCC um, has all these resources for the plumbing side. Again, there's standards and how you do it. You just take that stuff and adopt it. Make it yours. Shout out to all those organizations. Right. You're welcome. <laughs> well, and uh, uh, speaking of organizations, um, we sent over one of our leaders to MAPS. Oh, you did? He's there right now. Oh, Southern good. California, yep, doing that. So thank you for uh, that referral to uh, make him a better leader. I would say that I'm seeing more and more individual companies creating their own schools. Um and I don't, I might maybe using that term loosely. It might be more of training than it is a school, but they're trying to make yeah. it a school. But I've seen some that are, that are really progressive and kind of creating their own school. And I'm talking like bringing in people who have zero knowledge and then trying to train them in like a four, 
you know, a four month probably hammer it, and then there's got to be ongoing training because you know why you're learning all that stuff in four months. But it's uh, we're seeing success with it with some of our own customers, um, which is great because now there's no longer this, hey, pause your campaign because I don't have enough technicians to run the leads, which is obviously great for business. But I say that because I'm seeing it more and more. What I hear you saying is. Well, some people can't even do that. They're not ready to do that. They may not have the skill set to do it or the, the money to do it or whatever it is. They're not ready to do it yet. So there are alternative options that you can do and lean on that until you can create your own school. Do you think that's the best thing that you should be to, at some point in time? Do you think like, hey, the best way for you to be successful to bring in your own tech, especially with the, with the shortage in skill tech, the skilled labor, skilled technicians, is to create your own school? Or even if it's like a minor training program that you have where you've kind of got a process in place for it, do you think that's better than the alternative? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's just hard to do. And yeah. you got to have the bandwidth to do it. Lots of factors. But it's not, you know, just do something. How about that? Do something other than just, you know, hire somebody, put them in a truck, and hope for the best. Right. That's not a good plan, right? You know, it's not good ma- for client fulfillment? Yeah. <laughs> You know, like I've done things like you get the, you get some old guy that's been in the industry all his life and he's retired and, and uh, you know, he doesn't have maybe the, he has physical limitations. He can't do the work, but, you know, he just wants something to do and he's on Social Security or his, his military retirement or something. And you say, you know, if I make any money one day, I'll give you some, you know, something just to show up and help me. You know, I've done that and that's works. You know, you just have to know. I cannot put an employee out to to talk to, to touch one of my customers until I know they have some level of competence that I approve. Because that to protect employee, my brand. That employee is a rep uh, and that employee is an example of you. Yeah, I'll never forget this time. I'm I don't know, twenty five, just started my business. And I, you know, I did what I, I did exactly what I'm telling you not to do. Uh, you know, I hired, yeah. a, hired a guy, sent him out, and it was just a messed up customer's home some way. And, and uh, the guy came over and he said, you know, Ken, your company, your, your company is only as good as the weakest link in the eyes of the customer, right? So if the customer sees one bad guy, but you have you have 50 great guys, but one guy comes to their house, in their mind, the whole company's bad. Mm-hmm. And that really resonated with me. Um, you got to be very, very careful about this. It's, we're not, you know, in, in what we're doing, because we're home service contractors, we're in people's homes, we're not in construction. You know, construction can be a little more raw and, you know, less, you know, less sensitive. You follow me? <laughs> you I, gotta, follow, I follow you, Ken. <laughs> okay. A little less sensitive. That was a very PC way. A little less sensitive. <laughs> you follow me, Wendy? Follow me, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, TP, you have anything else before, before I, I start to close out? I just want to know what the next 1,000 days look like. And you can tell me about each of those days, or you can tell me really? what it looks like 1,000 days from now. Well, day one, I got to decide, got to decide what the mission is. I figured I'd get that. I'm going to, I feel I'm going to work on that on the 15th. We're going to work on that and say, okay, what are we going to accomplish? Got to, got to start with a B, right? So what are the building blocks that I need to do there? What's the investments my, 
What are the key building blocks I need to install in the business? What are the investments of those things? What talent do I need to add? Uh, anything I need to fix? And when do those milestones happen? And then you start working the plan. But now I, you know, I, I always try to beat the last one. So it's going to be, you know, 999 days or less. I'm going to try. And then, uh, you know, the number's going to be bigger. And I'm going to see how far across the U.S. I can get. We're, we're stuck in Austin right now. <laughs> stuck. The billion building blocks. Okay. That's what he was saying. But listen, for everybody, bees, I, I, can't, box part. I can't stress this enough. Every time I've done one of these deals, I, I set one of these goals. We have a title for it. I had one that was our 2020 plan, which was make $20 million in 20 months, and this one, that one. And so we, it, so we have this vernacular that's going on that keeps everybody focused on the goal. So, uh, you know, you look at your business, you say, okay, what do we want to accomplish in this amount of time? What are the key things I need to get there? What's the title of it? And you keep everybody heading out in that road. And you can do it. I've done it. And you're going to do it again. Other than, <laughs> otherwise, you just show up in business. You just show up, open the door every morning, and hope for the best. You hope that somehow yeah. good fortune will rain upon you, which that doesn't sound like a great plan, does it? Uh, that doesn't sound like a great plan. Um, if you fail to plan, yeah. Plan to fail. Right. Well, listen... Again, congratulations on, um, I mean, really everything up to this point, too, and what's to come, because I know that it's going to be successful again um, on your path to the bees in the bees category. Um, but it's exciting, man. It's exciting to have, uh, I've seen the last few years of being a little bit closer to you and understanding kind of what's going on and, and seeing the growth of it and seeing the actual execution take place and things like that. So um, it's cool to kind of feel like I'm a little bit part of that journey in the story which is neat uh, it's just cool to watch it play itself out and then for you to be able to make an announcement you know today um on the show which by the way again for the listeners who don't know kim was our first actual guest on the to the point podcast um almost two years ago now that's right that's crazy almost two years ago so it's pretty cool that he's able to make that announcement on here too when we roll this thing out next week so again congrats my friend yeah um, thank I'm you proud i'm i'm proud of you i'm proud of you Thanks, don't ever man. call me wendy again though <laughs> deal so listen uh listeners that is uh part four of uh, our four-part series with seven centers of management attention again part one uh episode number 81 part two number three episode 85 part three 89 listen if you don't know anything start there start with those that this four-part series to start to build a foundation for your business and at least give you some good guidance and you got to get it all right to start to get a little bit of it right and then get a little bit more and a little bit more so keep on um working on the list but you got to do the work. You got to create the checklist. You can't do, keep running through business like just with your fingers crossed, hoping it all goes right. You got to start to put some things in place. And even though it takes a lot of time to do those things, it's also a lot worse if you got to fix all the mess ups that come along with yeah, it. Yeah. And let me jump in that one thing you said. It takes a lot of time. That's your job. Right. You don't want to, you, when you, the day that you decide to hang your shingle up and be in business, your job is to create systems for your people to follow, to deliver to the, the uh, service, the client, to fulfill the contracts that you've created for your clients and make them happy. That's your job. Create the systems, train them, and hold them accountable to that. Not sell stuff, not market stuff, not be um, all the other nonsense you get involved in. Your job is to 
lead those systems and lead the people to follow those systems. Sell comfort. There you go. <laughs> Gets it. Ghettoizing the nation. It's on the way. KG, I appreciate you, man. Thanks, man. Always coming on here, delivering fire. Every time you're on, I, I don't even know how many it's been now, but every time it's still good. You, I know you asked me, I think it was last night, hey, man, how's this series doing? It's doing phenomenal. And um, it's because it's good stuff. And it's all proven stuff that you've done. And it's just that if you listeners can please take action. Don't just take the notes. Don't just think you're going to do it. Don't just talk about it. Actually take action. And if you try it and mess it up, hey, try it again. Maybe change the way you did it, but try it again. And if you have continue to have issues, I think what you've heard a hundred thousands of times is that so many people are willing to help you work through it. But you got to be vulnerable enough to ask. You'd be vulnerable enough to admit that you messed up. Maybe drop your pride a little bit and go ask. It's not the softest industry, but I think I've, we've seen it get a little bit softer in ways that people are really wanting to help everybody, one another, with their own peers in the group, which is super awesome to see, Ken included. So it's been neat to see, isn't it, Paul, like neat to see not only Ken like kind of shift over the last two years, like the changes that have happened to him, not obviously not just physically, but like his whole like energy and like it's been really neat for me to witness it all and be a part of it and it's genuine. Um, So I'm excited for you, man. And I'm excited for what's next for you and listeners. Hopefully again, you take notes and you start to put them in place. I promise you, if you take the things that Ken has taught you on this podcast and put them in place and do it again and again and start to create these systems and processes, read the damn book, the Emeth HVAC contractor, if you need to, and then study it, highlight it. Ken read it like 452 times. I might have exaggerated that. Point Ken, is, is that, that read it. you just reminded me, <laughs> I, I just hired a, a coach for my business, a software coach, and he refers back to reading the book to getting his start and getting his life together at, you know, 20 years old. Love it. That's what Amazing. I read. Again. E-myth. So again, yeah. congratulations, man. And listeners again, man, we are so grateful every time you listen to these things and you leave reviews for us, it makes me and Tom Paul so happy. And even the listeners that are a part of that particular episode, they love being mentioned in it too, but we're just grateful. Obviously continue to share this stuff amongst your peers, you know, whether across the United States, Canada, Australia, wherever all we're, we actually have, those are our three top countries that we're in right now with Australia really on the heels of Canada, which blows me away. Our listeners, pretty wow. cool. We need yep. Canadian guests. I, I we oh, need yeah. to make that Don't happen you know. quickly. I got. I like I, I like talking to the uh, Australian uh, tradesmen because they have such proper English, right? It's like oh, you're yeah. talking to a dignitary, but they're a plumber, right? Yeah, it's interesting to me. Like they have, they speak up. very so well, and so you know, if you have an accent, you already get like a one up. I know you're right? you're already cool. You're already right? cool. It's it's not even fair. So, um, like normal, I will go ahead and finish with re- with a review. Uh, that a customer had left for us, uh, or a listener left for us, and this is from Oh. Good luck with that. My goodness, um, Mr. or Mrs. Murphy. Iffy Jean, Iffy oh. Jean. I think that might is be that it. Iffy Jean, Iffy Jean is <laughs> really Paul. Iffy Jean Murphy. Thank you so much for your five star review. It says great info week after week. Uh, I'm not a client. Oh, so they're not a client. Just a listener, uh, and I'm in a different industry. And Chris serves, but I get something out of the podcast each and every episode. That's been happening more and more too, Tall Paul, which is cool because the more and more people reaching out to us, um, asking for guests from these particular industries, which is not yeah. something I think we're going to do anytime soon, but you never know. Um, but we're certainly grateful for the podcast, and I'm glad that you're getting something from it. If Eugene, and if I butchered na- your name, I apologize. 
If I did, it's because that's how Paul told me to say it. If it's right, I it was totally I think you me. did great. Thank I, you very much. And uh, listen up. Rhino X is coming, and KG is going to be there again. Uh, it's going to be in February of next year. So um, the benefit of, of, of Rhino X that I've tried to stay, even as we're going into the second one, is to keep it small enough to be intimate and comfortable for somebody to approach you and spend time with you. I mean, think about how much meaningful time you get to spend with contractors of all shapes and sizes at the last one because we kept it small. And, the like, you can see some of the people like Amanda Triolo from Grasshopper kind of make these big leaps and bounds, and she's like, hey, you sat me right next to Ken Goodrich. You got to spend time with Ken Goodrich, and she took some of the things you said, went back and implemented them in her business, and she's kind of on a rocket ship. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty like cool. That. Like and that. that's what we want to continue with it by keeping it small. It's not inexpensive, but if you look at it from, like, just a straight, you know, expense perspective, but it will scale your business because now you're getting put in the room with the best of the best, and you get to spend time with them. Well, listen, I, I, listen, everything that I've pulled together in this whole industry is being involved, like going to these events, being part of the organizations, fellowshipping with other contractors. So it's very important. I think it's very important for everybody in the business to do. Um, you don't know everything, and, and there's different perspectives and opportunities that pop up. But I still remember... It was, um, I don't know, it was 25, uh, struggling, did, you know, ready to kind of throw in the towel maybe. And I went to, a, like I saw that ACA had a convention in San Antonio, and I had my last, I don't know, 1000 bucks, and I went. And I was just ready to be done. But I sat next to a guy at a meeting, and we started talking, and he kind of helped me out. And then I met a few other guys. By the time I left, I was reinvigorated by the business. They, you know, we had uh, established some connections. We started helping each other and, you know, I moved forward from that. So um, it's very important. It doesn't, it's, it doesn't matter what it costs. You got to go do it. It's, it's a part of you, part of your growth, part of doing business. You got to get involved. Yeah. But don't just go for the pictures. Yeah. Don't just go for the pictures. <laughs> you got to I say that because I've witnessed it, and, man, you took the time to go. took the time to be away from family, to try and do better for you, your employees, your own family. My goodness, like, take action once you leave. So No, I'm the guy uh, I, I'm the guy who goes to those things and sits in the front center row, you know, front and center. You, you are always – you're involved. Anything I go with you, you ask questions. You just don't look like you're very happy until today. Actually, yesterday. As of yesterday, he sits in these meetings and That's smiles. That's how my face looks. I don't know. It's, it's like a dolphin. Like a dolphin looks like they're smiling, but you know Resting they're not smiling, right? Resting KG face. <laughs> okay. Let me go ahead and squash this thing. We're 60 minutes, or yeah, a little over an hour into it too. Part but two. This is it, man. This was the end of the four-part series. We got it done. That's a wrap. All right, man. We got it done. Hey, and uh, I hope we kind of, Gave the team a whole overview on how I've looked at it anyway, and and organize and compartmentalize challenges, and and uh, that's what I did. Not saying it's the only way, not saying it's the best way, but that's what I did. It was. It's a way that seems to be okay. Seems like it might have worked out just fine. Yeah. Awesome. Well, listeners, man, we appreciate you all so much. Again, go ahead and uh, I'm sure KG would love to hear a little uh, review from you. If you send it over, we'll make sure we send it over to him. So that way he can check it out. But uh, we appreciate you so much. Tall Paul, unless there's anything else from you, I say it's time we bounce. You ready? Thank you both. Listeners, we appreciate you all so much. KG, thank you so much. Until next time, we'll see you.